0: Some stories are so crazy that you have to start at the beginning. And if you know today's guest, Don Dixon, you know this is one of those stories. So we're going to start at the beginning. This one just happens to be, well, my mother was a stripper. All that and more today on the Marketing Mad Men podcast. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Mad Men with Nick Constantino and Trip Joe.
1: Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Mad Men Trip Job and Nick Constantino here. You know, we're uh, we're winding down season two. And, I can't believe that. Uh, I, I cannot
0: know. believe that we are it's it's crazy to think, but uh it
1: is it is coming to an end. So it's appropriate that we you know, about time we do the legends of yep. marketing. Wax Not us. Us. wax nostalgic. <laughs> wax nostalgic uh, yeah, That's for what the we're last do. two years and uh you know we're real, uh, We're fortunate to uh, have a true legend with us today, and I think we're gonna have a lot of fun talking. So
0: for sure, we got Mr. Don Dixon here, and uh, before I try to explain what the hell he's done or what gives him the criteria to have to be a legend, have this conversation, I'm gonna turn it over to him to to let him do that, uh, so we can frame this goofy conversation that we're gonna have. Well,
2: I'm gonna try and do this as fast as I can yeah. because 50 years is a lot in time to kind of put into an encapsulation, if you, if you will. Uh, let me start out. My mother was a stripper. So let's let's start uh, there. My dad was. We're gonna start <laughs> on the pole. <laughs> what a place to start. We're gonna start on
0: the pole. Let's start there. Back then, Marketing, this is, is. This is yeah. No, no, no. It was it
2: was pasties. They were pasties. So yeah. we're all good. There were there was you know no no, no pictures ever you know cross the threshold of the, of the house. So my mom was a strip. My dad was a naval aviator, Navy fighter pilot. So go from there. Seventeen schools, you know, going growing up, lived in a bunch of countries. Oh. Ended up at uh, San Diego State, five years at the beach. Couldn't get any better than that. Eh. Absolutely, Absolutely. Love it. I used to tried, there. I love it out there. Yeah, you I know, tried right. to play golf. Uh, didn't quite make it, but, you know, I, I had a good time. I ended up running golf tournaments for cool. the first few years out of college. Okay. Then I ended up going back to New York and got a job at Dancer Fitzgerald and Sample Advertising. If you watch Mad Men, a.k.a. the name of the show here, Mm -hmm. you know, you've heard of it, DFS. I worked on hams, beer, legs, pantyhose. You know, you can blame me. I signed Bruce Jenner for Wheaties. I also (laughs) signed Mark Spitz for Schick. So, you know, those were were the halcyon days, you know, if if you will. Did that for several years and then uh, I ended up getting a job, which I'm gonna tell a little story about it in a few minutes. I ended up going to Anheuser-Busch as their first director of sports programming and entertainment, Wow, which was just a career maker. I mean, you can just imagine. But
0: groundbreaking. Everyone's got one now, but back then, this was pushing the limit. You didn't have a sports marketing division. You didn't have a sponsorship. No, this was their
2: first first foray into that. Did Anheuser-Busch, had a great time there for several years. Then I ended up going to New York and kind of opening my own company with the guys who created the egg for legs legs, pantyhose. Crazy. Did that. Uh, there are at, uh, at, at the agency. Uh, and then they got sold to Saatchi and Saatchi Advertising. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a partner. I ended up going in. I got named chairman of Saatchi and Saatchi Marketing Services Worldwide. Wow. So lived all over the world, did a bunch of work with a bunch of Olympics, had a great time. They lost their minds. I mean, the Saatchi brothers absolutely lost <laughs> their minds. I mean, these guys were nuts. Got the business back, kept it independent, and then I sold it to Cox. Enterprises. Uh-huh. There you go, Cox Enterprises. Spectacular company, you know it. They're they're yep. amazing. Jim Kennedy, the the leadership there is absolutely the best.
0: Legends in Atlanta.
2: Yeah. So so I stayed at Legacy. I stayed at Cox until I hit the magic age, if you will. You know, and I had a I graduated from Cox. Ended up working for Mayor Reed for a few years, running integrated marketing and mm-hmm. partnerships for the City of Atlanta. The new mayor came in, I got canned. It was over, got canned. And then I started my own company back up again, and then I ended up working for an, an agency here that did marketing for the Air National Guard, yep. the Secret Service, and the Capitol Police. Wow. Left there recently,
1: and now back out on my own doing consulting for, for a number of agencies. That is a, that is a
0: wealth of experience right yeah, there. And, you
1: that, know, I, and as you were mentioning some of the uh, the names and the companies, you know, I've, I've only got a third of a century uh, in the business, <laughs> but... Um, you know, one of the things I think about is that there are a lot of those stalwart names that um, you talked about Satsune Satchi kind of being a little crazy and, and changing. And then there was others that didn't honestly change at all. Right. And kept in their own mindset. And I'll, when we get into stories, I have a B.B.D.O. story. Um, know a bunch of people. From <laughs> and then but then you get to like Cox where. You know, they had a long-term view, but my sense is they probably allowed things to evolve with the times. You know, it's interesting about Cox. Cox was never, is never first in. Yeah.
2: They're always second in, but they're the best, they're the most well-planned.
0: Absolutely. I've and heard a lot the, about their incubator program yeah. also and the companies yeah. that have come up through that incubator program. And, and look, I think, you know, you, you legacy out, Mama Cox is aging out now and right. there's different people coming up and they sold their media, a lot of the media business and the radio stations and all that stuff. I'm um, Actually, just yesterday, you know, Cox had sold the radio stations to Apollo. Right. Apollo just sold their Houston cluster over to Radio One. So you're seeing oh. in, in that change quickly. Um, so the the landscape of that has changed a ton. And I think they were smart to downsize to a certain capacity to focus on core competencies because the automotive space is very is is booming oh, yeah. right now. Well, I, I, mean, I worked on AutoTrader.com, Kelly Kelly, yeah. Kelly Blue Book, and AutoTrader. They ran a monopoly on that space. If you're in a car dealership, you have to work with AutoTrader. They've yeah. almost pulled that monopoly. And once you have that, why leave high margin for a new Things, especially in economic downturn. So I think they're being run particularly well.
2: You know, the fascinating thing about Cox is they are egoless. I mean, if you go through the management and you look at everybody, it's all about the company. Jim Kennedy is certainly not seeking press. You know, I mean, Taylor is not seeking press. They just don't. They let the business speak for itself, they hire really except for me, really smart yeah. people, you know, and they let them do their jobs. And they're not worried
1: about quarter to quarter. No. Yeah. No. I mean that's but when, so that, when they
2: took the, when they took the company back, they took Cable back private. Smartest thing. Absolutely yeah. smart, you know, yeah, because they can money. invest. They don't for get sure. beat up every quarter like what what, you know, what's your profit every quarter. Yeah. It's amazing. For you know? sure.
0: Well, look, that all that wealth of experience, I think uh, this is a good time to start telling some funny stories, okay. some goofy stories, some horror stories. And and what i like to do is, you know, let's go into the story and then let's make this applicable to nowadays, what we've learned, what's changed, what Trip and I think because it's it's really this is meant to be a learning thing and with all that experience. What do you have for up-and-comers for people who, you know, the, the, what you just told that path. Those paths don't exist anymore. Yeah. Those paths are, are paths that made this country great, but it's not easy to just p- pave your way into all those different places. You know, especially starting with the stripper mother. That's probably the hardest criteria <laughs> out of all of it. Uh, but but uh, so let's let's get at it. Let's let's get let's start with a story and let's let's have so, a little so, more. So, that so, story. Sounds good. Yeah.
2: I, I think probably the most appropriate place to start is how I got to Anheuser-Busch, because that kind of put me on the map to semi-greatness, if you will. So I was working at Dancer Fitzgerald Sample Advertising, and we'd just done some really fascinating things. I have got Toyota to become the sponsor of the U.S. Olympic team. It helped forestall import restrictions in those particular days. So I had a little bit of ink, and a guy called me, a headhunter, and he said, hey, Anheuser-Busch is looking for somebody to run sports and entertainment. Well, in those days, I mean, this, you, it didn't get any bigger than that. you know. So I'm, th- I'm talking to him, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, who is this guy? Who's calling me? And that was the first thing I always try and do when you talk to somebody is what you don't have doing.
0: LinkedIn. It's not as easy to go. No, 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 no. I'm on the there's phone. No, you know, I'm on no the phone. You know? And, it, and it was a dial worst, phone. Morse <laughs> code. <laughs> Who is this
2: guy? Who is this guy? Yeah. You know, so I, mean, so I found out a little bit about him. You know, the yeah. guy, he, he loved formula one. He was a formula one fan. And he loved wine, so he said, "Well, where are we going to meet?" So I'm thinking to myself, "He so had to be
0: European. I you know, mean, what is yeah. this? Who? who formula he, he, One? No, he and was wine? from St. Louis. Good. His oh, dad was a farmer, for oh, God's sake. Yeah. But he,
2: but he he had, you know, this was this was his passion. So I said, "Wait a minute. You know what? Let's meet in New York at a restaurant called Le Chanticleer. Well, Le Chanticleer oh. was a restaurant that was the epicenter for motorsports and celebrities on 49th Street off of Sixth Avenue. You know, formula former Formula One driver from the 20s and 30s owned it. And I had met the guy because we had done some stuff with, with, uh, with Dancer, with Toyota, because we sponsored the Watkins Glen Grand Prix. Okay. one night after a, a big press event, it's about, you know, we all leave the place. And the, the coat check lady had put all of the coats out. Everybody got their coats. Everybody leaves. I'm about a block down. And I went, wait a minute. Nobody tipped the hat check girl. So I go back. The door's closed. I knock on the door, and Renee Dreyfus, the owner, opens it up. Yes, Don. And I said, we, we forgot to tip the hat check girl. And I give him $100. And he goes, oh, he says, my wife will be very appreciative. So every time I'd come back after that, he was like, Don, blah, 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 nice guy. So I'm going to meet this guy, the, the, the headhunter. So I go into the restaurant the morning I'm supposed to meet him, and I hand him my picture. Because on the wall is everybody who's anybody, you know. So I said, put my picture on the wall and make sure I have a nice night. The guy comes in. He sits at the bar. I'm right next to Tom Brokaw, you oh, know. Wow. So, I am, so, so we sit down to dinner. Place is packed. It's a Friday night. We have the best table. It's waiting there for us. Nobody's being seated. Guy brings a 61 Latour to the table, you know. I'm like, oh, my God. So brings over celebrities, the president of CBS who I'd met with that day came in, everything's set. It's per- perfect night, the guy says to me, You definitely are the guy that should be running sports.
0: Are you trying sports. to get a job or a guy? This you Are you trying to get a job or marry this guy? Well I
2: also did that with my wife but that's, that's a different why. story. Yeah. So 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 he so he leaves. He leaves. So at the end of the day, you know, I go back home, he gets a kids call, he says, Did you get the job? I said yes I got the job. Two days later I get the picture in the mail and the bill you know. <laughs> so the real lesson is is that be nice to everybody. everybody. For sure. oh. Be nice to everybody. The hatchet girl, the waiter. It could have been his son. The shuttle, You never the know. Shuttle drivers, Just, you know exactly. The drivers. Exactly. I mean, the Don't Amazon stories. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Don't be a jerk, it's yeah. simple.
0: And that's applicable, I mean, I'll tell you one thing, when I lived in Vegas, I was 24 years old, and I walked into a nightclub, I got everything for free. Why in Christ's name would I get anything for free? I had no money, yeah. Why, well, who was I? But because I was nice, and they know that that $10 was the last $10 I have and I would give, I got taken care of like a king in Vegas. Everything was free all the time, because I was straight up honest to the people, and I tipped what I had, even though that money coming out of my pocket was more than anybody yeah. else that was tipping out of their pocket, so I agree. it is I, a, I,
2: I, I'm an over-tipper, it's yeah. kind of what, what I do. You know, Maybe because my mother was. Was a stripper? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's
0: maybe that was kind of a genetic so Why is everything in you singles? Know, you can't this. pay a
2: mortgage in singles. Yeah, no. <laughs> but 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 it kind of goes along with the line that be be always open. Get on, oh. you know. Stop looking at your phone. Shake hands. Meet people. Have a conversation. You never know where where something is going to benefit you.
1: Well, you know, and I and look, I'm in a business today where I deal with a lot of C-suite. All right, and so that part still has. Assistants, office assistants, and Mike. You know, one of the keys have always been is you're not going to get the CEO or the CFO directly. You get their assistant, and you you start up a conversation. You start to learn about them, and guess what? Then, when you need to get the CEO, it's so much easier. Yeah. So easier.
0: two two things. One. You're completely right, but you can't ask right away. you got to time that thing right completely. No question. You have to have the right time to ask for those things, right, yeah. always. And two, you can't be afraid to ask for favors, but you better damn well be ready to pay that favor back or in advance pay that favor. Right. I, I, It's a shame no. that people are not more – I tell people all the time, ask me. The worst I can say is no. Ask me. You need tickets to the Braves? You want front row? You want this? Listen, ask me. The worst thing I can say is no. People
1: want to help, Help. by and large. Uh, People want to help. Absolutely. 100% agree. We're going to come back to that in the next section, and uh, I think we're going to have a lot more fun stories as well and lessons. So you're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3.
3: Spring is here, and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.
1: Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men, Trip Job and Nick Constantino here with a good friend and mentor, I think, to many people, Don Dixon. And we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, don't be afraid to ask and, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, know your ask. And know how you're going to repay your ask, and uh, maybe we'll we'll start with that.
0: Yeah, and look, I think there's a, this is a similar thing with marketing, right? You got to have some strategy to how you do things, but it's also got to be that instinct to go and run and tip the co-checker. All right, you got to just know when to do the right things, when to apply the right principles, and you got to be a little strategic, right? You had this guy, you had the perfect interview set up. It, had you not met that place, maybe this job wouldn't have happened. So it might it might be improv, which is the best kind of strategy, but there's got to be some strategy into this. And I think in your career, it's a very similar thing, right? Marketing is about human interaction. It's about communication. It's about knowing people. It's about getting stuff for free and giving stuff. You know, I always joke, I I don't need T-shirts, but you know what I always get? Thousands of T-shirts because everywhere I go, everyone wants to give you something because you're a person of influence. So one, all I'm going to say is throughout your career, as you grow and you develop, as you're a marketer, as you're a business, don't be afraid to ask people for things. Be willing to give things back. And don't always be so uptight about it. Be fun. Be flexible. Be able to because you never know when that will get you to the next part of your career. So what, what do you got, Trip? What do you got, Don? I, I think, again, if I'm just giving advice out, I think that that's a great way to start because that is marketing 101.
1: And, and what you can give is not always things sometimes you know people refer to me a little bit as a connector yep. so right now one of the things i actually just got off a call yesterday with one of my clients we're having lunch and we're actually going to get them back and and so we do the research and intelligence for them and you know i just i know them well um but i said what, what are the other challenges what else are you facing and they they need people right and so um i said hmm I think I may know someone. I said, are you willing to look at an organization that can do this? And this is blue-collar trade people they need, right? I mean, the trades these days. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it just turns out that not only did I know someone who may be a perfect fit for them, but they're a prospect I've been trying to get into. So guess what? I'm going to be calling and connecting this guy and say, look, I've I've got a client that I think really can use your services. Perfect. you You thought on your feet improv, but there's strategy involved and there's a bigger picture. And so sometimes it's connections. It's people. It's not just things. But how can you always be thinking and asking? It started with the question, not anything that we could do, but what else, what are the struggles you're having right now? How can we help? You know,
2: finding out what people's problems are. Are probably the most important thing to do. You know, yeah. I mean, at Cox you learn that discovery, mm. oh, discovery, course. discovery, yep. discovery. You're sales guys. You got. You, you, I, I you would say
0: y- as important that you had to develop rapport first because you got to get you got yeah. to have that trust to find the problems because most times yeah. people aren't just going to come out and tell you. Start pitching about the problems. They are they're not the problems you can solve. So you got to You have to develop rapport first. Exactly. Yes.
1: I've had a, about a four year relationship I had yeah, exactly. it on my own with this client and now with my new business and so yes, but um, you know you, you can after a short period of time develop some of that if you're genuine. Yeah. So, so, so let me let me jump into another, you know, side Before. sidebar here,
2: another story. here And because the pension check shows up every month, this is, this is a Cox related story. So I want to want to thank them, if you will. This is an auto trader scenario. And it's kind of fascinating. Um, when I first came over to auto trader from corporate, auto trader had not hit the peaks that it was at now. It was probably about 400 million or whatever. Right now it's close to two billion. So, you know, what the, 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 the growth has been absolutely, you know, meteoric. So when I went over there, they had been – they just signed a deal to sponsor some of the auto shows, some of the big auto shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got the studies back. What they had done is at the auto shows is they really didn't have a core idea what they wanted. What they, the, the goal was is let's get in front of dealers – because we're probably gonna start to list new cars, not just used cars, so we wanna get to know dealers, and of course they have used cars, so it's a dealer relationship, and if people are at the auto show and they don't end up buying a new car, or they think about it, they'll look at, at AutoTrader. Well, what they did was, is the execution was horrendous. <laughs> it was a car with ping pong balls in it, and you came up and you got to guess how many, and didn't happen. I mean, nobody was going. Nobody. It was voted the worst exhibit, the worst exhibit at the New York there's Auto so much Show. Wow factor, Hello, worst exhibit. So th- the prevailing mood around the company and the department was, we made a bad decision. Let's drop this. We're not going to do it. And I came back and I said, wait, 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 wait a minute. We don't have enough information. Yeah. We mm-hmm. really don't. So
0: so, like target audience twice. You got the dealers, and you got the people who I love got the cars. people. You got right. so we, the exact we, audience. We didn't have the idea. The execution wasn't. We twice. didn't have the idea.
2: So. What I did is I sent people out to auto shows. Run, you know, for six months. So we, we sent people out, and they were, and I said, video what people do at the auto shows. Well, they're there for four hours, and they got a rest at one point in time. They mm-hmm. stop. So I am thinking, wait a minute, let's give them some entertainment. Now where Where are they? Yeah. They're standing next. They're sitting in a corner eating a hot dog and a bad pretzel. You know, and it's and they're getting no information. Right. So what I did was is I created a quiz show. That looked like a TV set it was jeopardy around cars and we built this near the biggest concession stands in each of the auto shows and it looked like you were live TV we had on air we cool. had guys walking yeah. around floor we had associate directors we had quiet on the set we hired a guy who had done some quiz shows on TV and it was quiz show but it was jeopardy it was right. cars and movies cars and celebrities cars and music people would vie to get on and what would they win they won money to spend at the dealers to buy a car. Yeah. So we- Funny money. Funny, mo- funny money. There's no, no, the, the, money. was real money. But at the end of the day, you know, so we did this, it ran for three years, it was voted you the best- You initiated yourself
0: with the dealers because now all of a sudden you're driving leads no matter how you look at it. It looks like it's a yeah. prize with tangible value. We
2: were getting calls from dealers, how do I get one of my customers on the TV show? We were streaming it to nobody. Right. But at the end of the day, it was all about the idea because People. we went in and, and the lesson is, is on the surface, don't change your mind until you really deep dive what is the consumer behavior. Yeah. Not just the data. We've yeah. talked about this yeah, before right, we sure. got on the show. It's the intuition it, it's, and, it's uh, what and what do you and get some creative, smart people yeah. to sit around and the, say, okay, what do I do with this knowledge that will engage with the consumer? The
0: data was right. It was the right consumer. We're just, you're just oh, doing yeah. the wrong things. You know, just I, I thought personally, with the way this story was going, and with Don's past yeah. and his stripper mother, that he was going to simply <laughs> say that he invented the hot chicks in small outfits at auto shows. I thought that's where this was going. I'm happy it didn't, but I yeah, thought I this was going to be... Was, I, I was the guy that invented... I'm doing the, the math. I think that's 1962. Car, and the, uh, I, I thought that's where <laughs> we were going. So... I'm glad it went that way because that's actually, there's tangible benefit from that. and again, we're not allowed to say hot chicks and bathing suits anymore. Uh, but, uh, no, you can't. I, I think that that is, again, I, I think you're completely right. The data was right. It was the right people. You had the dealerships, you can yeah. negotiate with the dealers, you had the right people who were the most highest affinities towards auto trader, right? If you're going to go to a car show to look at cars, you're probably going to browse cars somewhere, right? I'm exactly that guy. I go to every auto show, and I'm that guy that will look through cars, used cars, new cars. I don't need to buy a new car, but if one caught my attention, shit, I might go buy a new car. So Right. And yeah. I
1: think the, that's the approach, unfortunately, the wrong approach many people take it shows is it's all about the product and it's not about the customer.
2: Yeah. yeah. The, the other thing, too, the other, the other, you know, what, what do you get out of this, is <clears throat> when we came back and said, here's what it's going to cost to do this, because it's an expensive proposition. Right. Kudos to Cox and Management and the auto trader, you know, John Kovac and Clark Wood and the guys who basically signed off on the idea, was this was going to be expensive. But they knew that if we did this show in a shabby way, if we just put a sure. desk out and had a guy with a mic... It was going to crater. You have to create presence. You have to create size. You have to create impact. And yeah. and if you've got a good enough idea, invest in it or don't do it. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Don't, don't do something reach, half yes. ass. So that was one, so one of my
1: highlights of my career was when I was uh, running sales and marketing for Belgard. And um, so the Philadelphia Flower Show, which has been running for I don't know fifty years. Um, actually, I guess the original. I saw a plaque the other day. I mean, it goes back to. You know hundreds of years ago but um you know it's a two-week event essentially in downtown philadelphia and we got a call it's always in february or march we got a call in late november that the 18-year sponsor in our space had backed out hmm. and so were we interested and really quickly okay this is late november budgets are already done so you know this was a perfect opportunity for us to get in and so we kind of worked out tell you what they wanted you know one year i said look i'm it's already post-budget so i'm willing to give you a three-year deal if you're willing to give me right a first refusal and i said here's what you're asking in year one i can't pay you that but i will make year three more than year one sure and step it up so they knew that i'm we're, we've got the money we're willing but you know last minute we can't do this so we ended up, the average was still less than the the one year they wanted, but we gave them a three-year contract. They're still doing it to this day. And, you know, we got in there, and the experience that first year was, sure, we did, you know, we we had our displays, we had the flower, everything that came in with our displays, but we did a couple of special events, brought the dealers in from not only Philadelphia but from New Jersey, even Boston, sure. Yeah, because this show pulls out, sure. up and down the East Coast. And... Just in the Philadelphia market where well, we were like fifth in that market, we were first or second most everywhere else, but we tripled our business yep. that first year. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the auto show,
2: I mean, basically, the, in each of the auto show markets where we were at, the dealer business, because that's where the revenue is, obviously, right. the dealer business went up and also site traffic went up, you know, because we were promoting, we were hitchhiking on the auto show, you know, advertising at the end of the day. Yep. We also replicated the game that we played online. There it is. So we replicated the game There's your scale. So, there, so we right. scaled. We didn't do that until the second year, yeah, but, but we replicated the and, game and online. And
0: that's what's so important, okay? So when you have yeah. sponsorship, any type of sponsorship, the event itself, what you invest in is should be Let's not give it a number, but should be only a percentage of what you invest. The actification, the amplification, mm-hmm. the scalability. If you are not having those conversations, then you are poorly investing your money in a sponsorship. Ironically, right. this bill, one, one of the biggest sponsors we have is Truist Bank, and that was the conversation. And when it was SunTrust, they put a billboard up. You know why they put their billboard up on the park? Because when they almost ran out of business in the, re- in the recession. Everybody did. So they wanted to make sure people knew that they had made it. They were there, and they made it through. So they sponsored the stadium. Do right. you know what their plans were after that? Uh, what do you mean? You have a billboard. No one even knows what Trust is. That's what happens when people see you on TV when they don't even know what it is? What's the amplification? We are on the the, the back part of a 10-year partnership because of that opportunity. Is How can we amplify it? How can we extend it? Because you know what that doesn't do? It doesn't tell a story at all. Right? right, you know what you know what talk sports talk radio does. It tells a story. Does it a amplifies. Story. It makes it personal. It makes it hyper local. If you don't have methods built in to amplify and extend the reach and frequency of your message and drive additional engagement, you are spending a big check for almost nothing when you're going to quantify yep. it in the back end.
1: And great point. And so that first year, we didn't know all the things we could do, but we learned by being sure. there that good, good one doesn't good, have to good be. Good morning, good morning, Philadelphia actually showed up on some of. So we already set it up year two. You know, we had a good morning Philadelphia in our booth. You right. You know, yeah. and things like that. And so it doesn't have to be a year your when you're right, supposed exactly. to feel these
0: things out. That's why yeah. you do long-term deals. Yeah. But again, what people do, they make the mistake of saying hey, I can't afford this. I already spent too much money on X. And that is the flaw. You are better to do a smaller deal with the principal property and then put more money towards amplifying. That's why some people will buy, you know, the the marks to the Atlanta Braves or the Atlanta Falcons. You're talking 250 grand just to be able to say partner of. If you don't have a plan to use that, what are you doing it for? What are you doing it for? Are you using it to build affinities? Are you using it to go after the right people? Are you using it for hospitality and play? And hospitality shouldn't be where it ends because there's additional ways to amplify it. So it's an important point here is when you start these things, one hopefully you're working with someone that'll allow you the flexibility to spend the money right. required to do yep. things the right way. Hopefully you're working with somebody that'll allow yeah. you a partner that will let you sink costs into year three so you can do it in year one. Yeah. But all those things have to come together and it has to be a strategy involved with flexible long-term plan. Otherwise you're wasting okay. your money on your You know, our,
2: our business now is helping companies decide, you know, whether they should be part of our business, I should say, is helping decide whether people should sponsor, become a sponsor. The first thing we do is we come up with a plan, an activation plan. Yeah. Here here's what you're going to have to spend here's what you're going to get out of it here's what your ROI is going to be the access to the to the rights the the the, the buying uh, you know opportunity that's the back end yep. at the end of the day if i don't have if we don't have if the client isn't excited yeah. and energized and can see how this can impact it the other thing too is when you build a plan is look across the board who how many different audiences can it impact it's your sales team. Mm-hmm. It's your internal team. For sure. It could be the the For technology sure. team. Sure. It's the stockholders. Recoup- People the recoup- recruitment. recruitment
1: is
0: the biggest one right now of all the deals yeah. we deal with. People are talking about so college campuses. This has become the hot button, right? If you're going to sponsor Georgia Tech University, stop thinking about this as a poor football team and a poor basketball team. Think about this as one of the most prestigious technical technical institutes in the yeah. entire world with partnerships with AT and T and Ford. If you can amplify that message throughout that, then it makes more sense, right? So. Recruitment has become important, so I agree. Oh, yeah. there's, there's so many different facets of it.
2: You you got the note. You you let you're leading into my next example. Yeah. Recruitment. Okay. <laughs> so- Holy, uh,
0: this is this is completely an accident. By the <laughs> way, I don't know. I'm setting up these segues. We, no, we did, didn't plan you, any of this. It was,
2: it was onomatopoeia or yeah, whatever yeah. the hell that
0: is. You know, at the end of the day,
2: um, the the agency I worked for recently, uh, we ended up we did a lot of work for the Air National Guard doing recruiting. You right. know, yeah. and, and that's got to
0: be a fascinating business. Before cool. we even start, j- just give a second, talk about that, because I find it yeah. fascinating that how much money is spent on this recruitment mechanism. I mean, Russia is just telling everybody, you can't leave the country, you're coming to war. Yeah. Like yeah. They, literally, they just came out today and said that you will, yeah. if you do not sign up to be conscripted, you will have your wow. passport taken away, you will have your houses seized. You, will, They are forcing people to pretty much yeah, go to yeah, war. We did
2: not yeah. go that far. We, okay, we decided that, that was not a good idea. You know, We thought about it, but it wasn't yeah. a good idea. Uh, w- when we got the Air National Guard account, they were the, the they had the lowest awareness of any military yeah. branch. They'd not been marketing for three years. They, the, it, we had in America at the time had the lowest interest in a military career historically. Belief in national institutions is, as you can well yes. imagine, is way down. Yes. So how do we create awareness? And everybody's going, I don't want to go overseas. I don't want to get shot. You're still in the middle. This was three years ago. They're still in the middle of going over to Afghanistan and Iraq and Iran, whatever. And it was danger, danger zone. So this is not a good thing. So we said, wait a minute. What do they understand about the mission? So we did a lot of focus groups. And we, what we found out is that they didn't understand that ninety percent of the mission of an Air National Guardsman is here in the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, and it's natural disasters. And if we also did a lot of psychographic, you in, know, in, in research, at the end of the day, what we found was millennials are givers. Yeah, they want to help their Cause-based, local community. Yep. You know, how do I contribute? Well, this is a great way for you to. Get free college tuition, get health care. Num- I mean, big issues with health care. Risk healthcare. reward. Risk reward. What right. well, yeah. you got? And you know, and you can enhance your skills. You can pick the the schools that you want to go to. Air National Guard is probably one of the the most technologically oriented military services. So you're getting people who are data heads and nerd heads are joining this, and we focused on that. But the first thing we had to do is we had to create awareness okay yeah. that's yeah. not data. It's what what's the idea to create awareness yeah So what we did was is we took over major transportation hubs. Mm-hmm. We took over Madison Square Garden, Penn Station, The L.A. airport. High density. High density and 300 ad units at at each of these. National Guardsmen walking with local – Air National Guardsmen walking with local police. Interviews of National Guardsmen. Radio remotes. Thank you, radio. Radio remotes at each of these locations. I'm telling you, the numbers went through the roof in a very short order of time. That year when we had the account, the Air National Guard was the only military – that hit all of their recruitment goals, and that ended up us getting the United States Secret Service account. Well, <laughs> the Capitol
0: Police bring, account. I think you bring up a good point that we talk about a lot. One of the things about when you stop marketing. First of all, if you've been a long-term marketer, it's gonna take years for you to see the impacts of your stopping and marketing, right? But you said you're off for three years. So doing right. that huge blitz with that huge strategy was making up for what you'd have to do for six months or two years to we, get the buzz We couldn't going. nickel and dime it. We couldn't yeah. say, well, let's just
2: go run some spots. And it that's was, the important it, thing it was, it was not gonna happen. The other thing we yeah, did- Yeah, you didn't want to be a, while, a mile wide. Yeah, the other, other thing, thing we did, deep. Deep. going back to radio, okay, is the Country Music Awards, the iHeart Music Awards. What we did is a lot of celebrities had their homes saved by air national guardsmen wow. during the forest fires in California, yeah. California. And, and the forest fires so we went there and we enlisted acted asked the the celebrities would you would you Put a little PSA shout out for us on the yeah. red carpet. They're going up and saying, "You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Air National Guard." The numbers were off the uh, absolutely crazy, yeah. and it was sincere. It wasn't a contrived. It wasn't an ad at the end of the day. Yeah. you know. So it's it's three hundred and sixty marketing. Yeah. using all your tools, coming up with a big idea, spent and spending. You know, behind it
1: and so. and executing it smartly. Yes. So yeah. I happen to see this week. Um, someone threw a post out. I don't can't remember what the airline is. I think it was an international airline, but they did an escalator wrap. Yep. Right. So it showed, you know, so and so fly whatever. Well, the problem was it was on the down escalator with the nose of the plane right at the bottom of the escalator. She had gone the other way. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we actually did escalators at Penn Station too, but we
2: did the plane going yeah. the other way. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> you know? like
1: execution.
2: Well, what it was kind of, you know, it's simple things. We had we had a visual of a, it was a digital board as you walked into Penn Station. And it's, you know, 12 feet high or whatever it happens to be up there. And you look up at it and it's the back end of an F-15. And as people walked up, it was, it was motion activated and yeah. the burners would go off. Cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and you'd hear the sound. And we got Penn Station to install sound. So would you come up and all of a sudden you'd hear this. You know, you had to look, you know, you had to look. So, you know, again, idea, idea, idea. But I have to imagine, executed. that's a
0: lot of moving parts. There's a lot to get that functioning, right? Just between yeah. MTA and in, in, in the, you know, institution owners, all the oh. media partners, you're talking of a massive endeavor. Did, how long did it take to plan that, execute that? that well, was a- well
2: here, here's this. If we were a commercial concern, it would have never happened. But we were the federal government, the Air National Guard, yeah. National Defense— need to keep our mission you need need the people yeah, to you fulfill been to Penn the mission Station, i
0: mean that is oh, yeah. one of the biggest hubs in the world if you talk about a place where there's federal presence let's well, you yeah, walk, walk
2: around and 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 they have military people everywhere. you know everywhere but during this time the only people there were air national guardsmen you know and the problem was is the air national guard uniform okay looks very much like the air force uniform and the military and sure. the, you know, other other branches of military so we had to do something unique and we got a dispensation for the for the for them to wear a cap that had Air National Guard on it. Yeah. And we and by their standards. It was it was uh, hard to do that. Yeah. But we but we pulled off a bunch of different things to make sure people knew there were that's Air National Guard people that are there, you know. So it works. It's
0: great. Yeah, yeah. it's a great story because again, going back to the federal government and just these are all different mechanisms and how they operate, right? Everything story you told was a completely different entity that operates completely like Cox Services that, that operates very differently than the federal government. You know, so what about so a
1: lot of our listeners here are, you know maybe smaller businesses, concerns? Maybe give us a nimble, quick hitting. You know, obviously that was an immense type of project but but a story on something that was more than two
2: dollars it was it was it was was expensive i'll get, get real real simple bridgestone tires wanted to sell tires you know we're out in california they got an extra shipment what do we do we went up to ski resorts and hired the guys who parked the cars with a tread depth indicator to walk around the parking lot and check the tread depth of people up there in in, in snowy areas, and then we put a thing, a, 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 a slip of paper, underneath their windshield that said, you're gonna die on the way down the mountain unless and you, do, and I, unless so you I've, buy I've these, these two I've done that drive t-
0: before, I've driven yeah. up to Big Bear and I had to put chains on my tires, you're not joking here, you go from elevation no, we real did. fast, yeah, Big exactly. Bear's a great example. Yeah, it cost example, us
2: a thousand dollars to hire these guys, we brought in a truck with, with the lifts and right. everything, so before you leave the mountain, stop and buy Bridgestone snow tires. We sold the living crap out of tires. Uh, simple yeah. and it was just uh, real real easy the guys who run there was already going who are you how did you get here what are you doing and they're not going to kick us off at the end of the day we grease some palms right but, you know i mean it it worked so you can uh, have a simple idea and, and it doesn't cost a lot of money
0: yeah but you're providing a service that people need whether they know they need it or not right. and ultimately and you're living in that and state. we saved lives yeah, i felt right. so I have, good you we saved need. lives you are letting <laughs> them know they need
1: you know letting them know they need it through some knowledge yeah, letting them know they need it. Yeah. It's actually so, one of my biggest frustrations his life is
0: driving around and looking at people's tires and seeing how bald and flat they are, like how dangerous it yeah. is. Like, just change your freaking tires. D- or the just, other
1: one is how you see people on 400 or 285 here and their wheels are wobbling. Ugh. I'm like, oh, just... Yeah, I grew up beat, in a uh, gas station. My uh, dad after to from the Navy, and I, I know it's like, oh, my God, the, what people drive. Yeah, you know? it's amazing. And these are easy so, fixes. That's the right, frustration. All right, so when I mean. we come back from the break, maybe we'll get into uh, – we've talked about some great examples. Maybe we'll get into some uh, classic fails and a uh, few other stories like that that might be, uh, might be fun. So you're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We'll be right back. Spring is here, and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby.
3: I love the hats.
1: Welcome back to the Marketing Madmen. Trip Job and Nick Constantino here with um, Don Dixon, and so we were just kind of teasing. We've talked about a lot of great <laughs> stories and examples uh, throughout uh, your career, and you know, there's got to be some, whether they're yours or the ones you saw, some epic fails. And uh, how do you learn from that? Dun, so dun, dun. Uh, so uh,
2: yeah, I'll, I'll give you an, an epic fail. Um, uh, I when we were first launching the Toyota Celica. It was a little four banger engine. Oh, certainly, yeah. certainly not fast. And we decided we're going to make it the pace car, right, for Formula One races. And no, nothing
0: can go wrong there. No, nothing can. I think f- it might top out at eighty-eight miles an hour when the cars are going. Don't don't steal my
2: lines. Don't right. steal my story here. So so we we got it. We we got the Celica, and we're at Watkins Glen. And I came up with a brilliant idea at the time. It seemed such a good idea. Let's hire a Formula One driver to take the press for rides in the Celica. <laughs> i mean what i mean the motor yeah. trend all the magazines new york times automotive section you know we're going to get so much positive ink out of this and i hire a guy sight unseen never talk to him oh. just through a friend of a friend jody Schechter, a south african who eventually be- went on to win the formula one championship driving ferrari and you know gr- great guy so we get to watkins Glen, First thing I do is I miss the time his plane comes in, so I don't pick him up at the oh. plane. He's not a happy guy, to say the least. He's got to take a cab to Watkins Glen from New York City. It cost him 100 He was not pleased. He shows up. He gets in late at the ho- his hotel. He has no dinner. The next morning, first thing, we're going press riding on the Watkins Glen track. He shows up, and we pull out the Toyota Celica. It's a prototype. which means that probably not everything works on it. The first guy we take is the editor of Motor Trend magazine. Jody jumps in, Motor Trend guy jumps in, they take off, and it starts raining. As they drive around the track, the defrosters are not hooked up, the windshield wipers are not hooked up, and he's driving around Watkins Glen scaring the living crap out of this guy. (laughs) And as he pulls up after his lap, and there's 20 press lined up there, the vice president of marketing from Toyota is there, and I'm standing there, Mr. Great Idea Don. Jody Schechter jumps out and not a stage voice, goes, effing piece of
1: jet. And that was a fail.
2: A, an unbelievable yes. fail.
1: You, you, you got me, but I have a much smaller one. But back late 90s, you remember, we uh, we were launched the new product and this was, this actually went into the B2B stores kind of environment. So you remember at that point we started to see a lot more in the grocery stores. The floor vinyls. Yes. Right? Sure. So we're like, we, no one had ever done that in our industry and it was like, this is a great way to get across because printers would come in and they kind of go to their normal area. Yeah. So this, our customers loved them or whatever the fail was about a couple months in i'm gonna say a third of our customers go um did you test these on painted concrete floors Ouch. they basically pulled the paint off when you get to move them not they were good. designed for not good tile in grocery stores a good friend and of mine so-
2: actually has a brand new product right now it's fascinating it's called Red Wax, and if you wax your floors with it, and if any water gets on it, the floor automatically turns red at that spot so you know to clean it up. So mm, it cuts wow. back on the slip and falls, which is a four billion dollar oh, liability industry. Lawyers, yeah. those slip and fall lawyers. Yeah, are not I mean, be, we're, we're not we, be we got a now. meeting with a bunch of lawyers here in a couple of weeks, you know.
0: Well, considering that I've had a perfect marketing career, never had a fail, let's segue into a different conversation. <laughs> so let, let, let's talk about tips. For a young marketer, you know, we had Joanne Harold on a couple weeks ago, and she was talking about how she started as grimace at McDonald's. She's a great lady. And let's talk just, you know, if you had to give some advice to a 21 year old, 25 year old that's just getting started. So my my quick two cents is is try everything, don't be afraid to make mistakes. But most importantly, don't make the same stupid mistake twice. You're going to make mistakes. If you make it twice, shame on you. If you make it once, you learn from it. Then that's a good opportunity. Um, what tips would you have for someone coming up in the marketing space that wants to have a career like you did? What, what advice would you have for them?
2: You know, I, I think the number one thing, <clears throat> at least for, from my perspective, is be as well-rounded as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, 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 Mr. don't be, I'm, I'm data guy. All I'm doing is data guy. Or I am just a creative guy. Or I am just a strategy guy. You need to have exposure, and ideally work in each particular area. In the in the, in the past, agencies, and I think some of them still do, agencies will have a training program where you spend three weeks here, four weeks here, three weeks here, and at least you understand the lexicon, and more importantly, you understand the business problems facing each of the
1: particular areas of the business. Now we want social media experts or digital marketing experts, and I agree. I'm I was a generalist. It's, it's it's too narrow cast
2: and and it's fine it's okay but what happens is is I don't believe you can ever come up with a the big idea the idea is everything data is every data is great you got to have data because you because that how that how prove that, that proves whether
1: you should continue to work there or not but if you, but if you are that person yep. ask to get on some of the projects that yes. are the bigger projects so you see what's going on and you can be involved with the other parts of of yeah. uh, whether it's the agency yeah. or the marketing department, et cetera. Yeah, the other thing that
2: I, that I find
1: is, and I've been lucky enough that my kids listen to this one
2: thing that I told them, both of them are in marketing, is be the first there every morning and the last one out at night. You, know, you don't have to be the smartest, but just outwork everybody. Show, take an ownership mentality. If you mm-hmm. don't have an ownership mentality, you will always be a worker. You will yeah. always be working for someone. Even if you work for someone, believe that own what you work on at the end of the day. You yeah. know, take tremendous personal pride in it. If you can't take personal pride in what you're doing, if you don't go the extra mile, I can't tell you the number of times that I've run into people that say, hey, at, you know, six o'clock or it's
1: Saturday, I'm not answering
2: the phone. Well, that that, that doesn't work. No, not, in not, marketing. That, not in marketing. That does not no.
1: work in marketing. Right, and, and the other one, I had one of my early clients and mentors, you know, told me, he said, look, ask the questions. He goes, the first six months, he goes, you can ask whatever you want. As long as it's not truly confidential, I'm gonna tell you. He goes, six months to a year, I'm gonna start You know, certain things I probably expect you to know. But he goes, after your first year, don't expect to ask those questions. We expect you to know it. So some people I think are very hesitant to ask questions because they think it means they don't know. We
0: don't expect you yeah, to know. But that's But ask them early. Ask them early because if you don't and you don't know them, then you're going to be screwed when you ask a year later. And
2: and, right? and, and it's and it's more important to, than to to ask why are you doing something than what are you doing. Yeah. The why is everything. That's where you really learn because you understand what's the backstory. Well, I'm doing this because of this. I'm with doing intention this because yes. of this. Where you know where are you going? Why did you? Oh, I get it now. Okay, and and that and and file that away. If you got a crappy memory, write it down. You know, I mean, d- d- the the history of of what's gone on. You know, through the career is what basically makes you. You know, for better sure. at what you're doing. Today.
0: For sure, I have it, and I have yeah. a good last one too. How about um, don't come to me with problems, come with solutions. Oh. And here's the easiest way in the world. And this is an old saying. Rob Emanuel, for when he was the chief of staff for Obama, he would say people would come and they'd say, oh, "I have a, a private question." Oh, well, what is the problem? They go, "That's not a problem. You need two solutions." He will pick which one he likes best. Yeah, Cody so,
2: Cody Keenan's is my godson, and sure. he was Obama's uh, writer, head speech writer, and he, he he tells a story. the Same thing. Obama, don't don't you dare walk in. Unless, you know, I, I got a problem and here's, here's what I, what I Here, propose here's to do. Here's two
0: solutions. We can pick which one is the best, but do not go to people with problems. They don't need to hear your problems. Think of a well-crafted solution as to what you can do to fix the problem, and you will always succeed. You will always succeed because too many people bring too many problems. Bring solutions. Yeah. Bring solutions. Bring terrible solutions because but, but, if you keep making terrible solutions, you might be the problem. There yeah, is always uh,
2: something, even in a bad idea,
1: that you can pull out, sure. that, that you can use. Great question. Well, hey, uh, Don, thanks so much. Fantastic to have you. And, Enjoyed And I hope we can get you back and we'll talk some more stories. And you've uh, spent today listening to The Marketing Mad Men on Nexter 106.3. We'll be back next week. That's a
2: wrap.
3: Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.